0: Hi, and welcome to Genesis Upper Room Church. We hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Thank you for tuning in with us. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be here this, this afternoon. And, uh, you know, like, like Apostle Michael was saying, that we get distracted from all the stuff that's going on. I mean, uh, again, like he was saying this 2020 is a year of awakening. And if you haven't woke up yet, it's time to wake up. Otherwise the world's just going to pass you by. And, uh, one of the concerns is, is, that, uh, you know, we had this, this COVID virus and then it was the fires and, and then, then it's the, the storms in, in the, in the, in the, in the Gulf right there. And there's all these things going on where we have these riots going on in the cities, uh, the lawlessness in the world. And if you take your eyes off God, you're you're gonna sink. And we need encouragement, we need encouraging saints. Uh, I, I remember what when when Peter, I love that story, when he was in the boat and they seen and he seen Jesus walking on the water. And they were all afraid, ah, it's a ghost, it's a ghost, you know. And Jesus said, fear not, it's I. And Peter said, if it's you, command that I come out and walk on water. And this is what God is calling his people today. This isn't the message. But this is what God's calling his people to do, to get out of that comfort zone, that boat. The storm is raging. The boat is being tossed to and fro. But God is saying to come out and walk on the water and keep your eyes on me. And I will keep you afloat, says the Lord thy God. You see, because the moment Peter took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. When we take our eyes and look upon the circumstances that are going on in this world, and that what happens is fear grips you. That's what happened to Peter. Fear gripped him. And he's seen the, the wind blowing. We see the, 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 the turmoil going on in this, in this land. How our politicians, they're, they're, they're doing all these laws, they're making all these laws that, that are trying to, to keep us in bondage. And God is saying to keep his eye, your eyes on him for he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. God has given us authority. He's given each one of you, everyone that's hearing me today, he's given you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. It's time to awake, saints. It's time to get our heads out of the sand and declare, thus says the Lord, into your circumstances, into your lives. Hallelujah. I pray that wasn't like a scolding. (laughs) It might have sounded like it, but I want to encourage you. I want to strengthen you because we're all the same. We're just people. And we want the same things. We We want to enjoy life. We want to see uh, our children prosper. We want peace in the land. We want unity between all the the nations. Uh, There's no, Jesus is concerned about all lives, not just one life. And I I, I just want to just praise God. It's time for us to get up and start exercising the authority that God has given each one of us as his children. Amen? Amen. Amen. My message today will be on Exodus chapter 3. So I'll give you a little bit of time to turn to the book of Exodus chapter 3. I'll be reading that whole chapter. And again, the Lord is mindful of us. I just want to say and the Lord's saying to you that he loves you. That he hasn't forsaken you. He didn't forget about you. He didn't he's not upset with you. But the God God the God we know, he knows the end from the beginning he knows what he's doing. It looks like the world's out of control, but God is in full control. Amen, are you there? Amen. Amen. I'm gonna start with verse one. And it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. You know, I want to look at, at Moses for a while. It's, it says here that, that Moses was in the desert with a flock. But if we read in chapter 2, it's in verse 11, I'm going to just read, read it real quick. It says, Now it came to pass in those days, I'm reading from chapter 2, verse 11 right now. When Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting, and he said to the one who did the wrong, Why are you striking your companion? Then he said, Who made you prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, "Surely this thing is known." When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Wow. Look at the look at the change. Here's Moses. He's he's. Uh, He's he's living in Egypt, in the palace of Egypt, in Pharaoh's palace. He's got everything all he wants. There's no lack in him. He's a, he's a leader. He's training up to be a leader. He's got the best education that the world at that time, because Egypt represents the world. So he has all this this knowledge of the world, this under the world's understanding. And it says right here that he's seen. This injustice. One of the, one of these uh, one of the Egyptians were beating one of the Hebrew children. You see what happened was Moses took it upon himself. He took matters in his own hands, and he killed this this Egyptian. Now I I, I just want to say that that when when the no when he was found out, he ran because of fear. You see because what. Pharaoh now wanted to kill him. So now Moses is in Midian in, in the desert. What a contrast and change. He's, he's in the palace guard. He's in the palace. He gives orders. He's, he's, everybody's waiting on him and hand and foot. And now he's in Midian in the desert in the wilderness to him. And he's tending sheep. And I'll bet you in, in, in Egypt that tending sheep was one of the lowest things you could do. That was beneath him. You see, but God, uh, God is in control. Everything that happened, God had a plan. God is, teach- God is teaching Moses. When he was in the world, he was teaching them the, how, how to, you know, the, the world system. But, but the people, the children of God were being uh, uh, abused. And now he, he had a taste of that. He had a taste of the luxury, the luxury life. And now he's, he's living out in the desert with the sheep and but but he's living there and he's learning how to live a humble life how to, how people live how 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 we're to treat people with with love and compassion and one of the things about sheep as he was learning to lead sheep those sheep don't listen to you those sheep like to scatter and they like to go and do their own thing and it's sometimes like the ministry sometimes you know the brethren they 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 fight you sometimes. They talk bad about us, you know, and they want to do their own thing. But you know, the as ministers, we love you, and God loves you. He's raising us up. And I see this right now is there's even now what I was what I was sharing, when I was getting this ready, this is what the Lord told me. That God. Is going to raise up some Moses some leaders some new leaders and one of you or some of you are listening to that right now that God is raising you up amen for justice and righteousness in the land we are not to be afraid of Pharaoh of his might we're to we're to put aside all the the worldly riches the bible says what does a man gain if he gains the whole world but loses his soul you see but saints there's souls involved saints there's souls involved that need to know about jesus there's souls involved that are being hurt and being crushed by the enemy the oppressor of 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 of, uh, of god's people and god is raising up people now and there are some leaders in office now that are going to hear this message i don't know that's what the lord was giving me that there's some that are going to hear this, and God is saying to forsake those ways and turn to righteousness because God puts you there to defend the poor, the weak, and the widow, and the child, and uh, the fatherless. Amen? Hallelujah. Now notice what he says That in verse, uh, verse 3. It says, Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush does not burn. So here, Moses is feeding the the sheep out in the wilderness, and he sees this burning bush that's burning. And it draws God, it draws Moses to him. What Moses was doing is what God is still doing today. He's still speaking to us. He's still drawing us to him. He wants us to inquire. You see, God God uses the, the burning bush experience to draw Moses to God to have an, a relationship with him, to be intimate with God. You see, God still speaks today through his prophets, and it's our, our job to, to investigate, to, to seek out what, what the Lord was, was speaking to us through the scriptures. God can use anything, your circumstances and life. He might even give you an idea, and it's up to us to seek that, to, to seek out what he's trying to tell us. Amen? Amen. I'll say amen. Amen. (laughs) Uh, Let's see where we go. Verse 4. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside and to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for this place where you stand is holy ground. You know, when, I, when my times of with the Lord in prayer, I don't, I, God is teaching us reverence. He's teaching us respect. That when we come to God, when I come to God, it's not just bringing my request to him or, or, or my petitions right now, but it's giving honor, looking at him and giving him praise and giving him the glory. It's to come before his presence with respect. And I know in times past when we used to come, we, we, and I, I know I've done it, and, and I used to come just in a hurry and, and really not respecting or reverencing the Lord. And it's time for us to come to the, before the Lord in reverence and honor and respect of who he is. He's almighty God. Is this microphone on? It doesn't seem like it's on. But, but anyway, he, we come before him, honoring and respecting him, and this is what God is saying. This place where, I, where you stand is holy ground. The mountain wasn't holy. This church building isn't holy. But his presence makes it holy. Where the saints of God gather together, that is holy ground, saints. Hallelujah. We're having a, a, a meeting uh, uh, September 26th. That parking lot is not holy. But when the saints of God gather together in one spirit and one accord and ask the Lord to be there, that is holy ground. And when we drive up there, when we walk in that that weekend, it is holy ground. And we come before God honoring and respecting him and giving him praise. Hallelujah. It's not the place. It's where God is. Amen. And you know what? God dwells in you. God dwells in you. Verse 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. You see, we need to know that when we come to God, we need to know who we come to. Because in this world there's many gods. People are serving many gods. I see you know, you're driving down uh the, the the road, you see these bumper stickers that says coexist and and you see all these other these stickers, but they're not God. And when we come to God, we must know who He is. We must know what His character is like, and this is what God is doing. I thank God for this 2020. It's hard. You know, and and it and and it's it's not comfortable sometimes but I praise God for it because sometimes he's got to stir us up so we can go back to him and it was a time of intimacy a time of seeking God's prayer, prayer uh, face and, and, and at least, uh, going out and, and listening to what he's saying to us and what better thing for the family to draw the family closer together Amen. you know and, and And the families are coming together. God is healing them. I know some of you there too as, as well that you were everybody was just doing their own thing and going their own thing what seemed right. And it didn't please God. And now He's bringing the families back together. He's healing hearts. He's healing families. He's restoring marriages. Hallelujah. He says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He's a living God. He's not dead. God is alive. In verse 7, he says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. You see, God is not dead. He who created your eyes, he sees. He who created the ears, he hears. And he who, hear, who he created your lips, your mouth, he speaks. And God is saying, I've seen the oppression of this world. God has seen you. You've been crying out to God, you're, you're at your wits' end. And God is saying, Be peaceful, be at peace. For I will deliver you and I will set you free. God has not left left us and he has not abandoned us. He's with us, hallelujah. And he sent us his deliverer. His name is Jesus. He is the Christ. And he won the victory for us. And God says that I will not withhold anything good from you, says the Lord. So all we have to do, if we're suffering lack... We need to speak out. We need to speak to our father who is our provider, and he's a good father, to ask him for help. Amen? God hears your cries. You're not alone. He didn't abandon you. In verse 8, he says, So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, To a land flowing with milk and honey. To a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites, the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. I love that because God didn't come to knock us down. He didn't come to me and say, you're not worthy. You're not worthy of my love. You're not worthy of my salvation. He didn't put us down, but he's come to lift you up. Jesus has come to lift you up. He's restored our relationship with our father, with your father. You have a relationship now. Verse 9. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people the children of Israel out of Egypt, God is commissioning Moses. He's commissioning Moses to go out and to deliver God's people. And we have that same commission today, saints. Hallelujah. And, and Mark 15, I know you've heard it, but maybe there's a time for refreshing. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world And preach the gospel to every creature. Now he says to every creature. We're not to choose who's worthy of the gospel. We're to preach. God's going to open the door and he's going to fill your mouth. And with the knowledge and the understanding that you have, you declare that. Hallelujah. In verse 16, he says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. He says, in my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up servants, and if they drink anything deadly, it, by, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Moses is asking, well, Lord, who's gonna, if I go, what sign do I have? What, what, how, do I, how do the people know that, that you're with me? And God said, I'm going to be with you. And you go and do what I say. And these are the signs that are going to happen. People are going to be saved. Demons are going to be cast out. This is our commission saying this is what we're called to do, what God is calling us to do in this time. For this time, this is why we were created at a time like this. Verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? <laughs> I remember years ago when I came here, I was, when the Lord opened the door for me to minister here, it's like I was excited. I, you know, I'll tell you the truth, I really didn't count the cost. It's, a, it's I'll tell you what, it's awesome it's it's uh, you 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 have to give your, your there's a time where we we died to the flesh and we're always the lord is always doing a work in us and i don't think anybody can really think about the, the cost of serving god but it's worth it it's exciting and i take joy when when i see god move in people's lives and and they're healed and they're delivered when they're crying and they're crying because of joy you know, I, I just praise God. That's 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 worth so much you can't put a you can't put a price on that. But God is saying, I'm going to be with you, Moses. He's saying to you right there that I'm going to be with you, Fred, Pastor Fred. And <laughs> and you know, it's 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 sometimes you got to take a step. Like Peter, he stepped on that water. Sometimes you got to step out on the word of god you got to trust what god says in his word and that's why it's so important i used to step on the bible not not out of disrespect i'm not going to do it today because you can't see my boots anyway but i'm not going to do it i'm not going to do it because what he's what he's trying to say is he wants us to to trust his word to walk on water to walk on his word to trust him to declare it he is the same amen In verse 12, it says, so he said, I will certainly be with you. Isn't that reassuring? God is telling you that I will be with you. The oppression that you're going through, I see it, and I have the answer for you. He says to trust me, put your faith and your hope in me. I will not let you down. I will not let you down. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. And this this sign shall be, let me read that. And this sign shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to him? You see, I remember when I was younger, I knew there was a God I heard his name was Jesus but I didn't know him I didn't have a relationship with him and when I accepted the Lord in my life we have a relationship now and that's what I want to share with you is that tonight today is is to draw close to God and have a relationship with him get to know him get to know him intimately step out in his word and and practice his promises and God said to Moses I am who I am and he said thus you shall say to the children of Israel I am has sent me that's a powerful statement because God is saying to Moses I am who you need me to be I am Jehovah Rapha your healer I am Jehovah Jireh your provider I am your righteousness I am your shield and strong tower I am your defender I am your deliverer Who today do you need? Call upon his name Get intimate with him and call upon the name if you need finances call upon Jehovah uh, Rapha, uh, Jiram your provider call upon him he's here to help you you're his children and he loves you so much moreover God said to Moses thus you shall say to the children of Israel the Lord God of your fathers The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, it's funny how, you know, like in governments, different administrations, there's a different policy, different agendas. But Jesus Christ, God's agenda is the same. He doesn't change, so we get to know him. We we come to him knowing, well, what mood is God going to be in? He is the same, saints. He is the same. He doesn't change. So that's why we can come to our father, knowing that he's the same. He doesn't change. In verse 16, he says, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you and see what is done to you in Egypt. I I love this because he's saying the same thing. He's repeating that he's seen it. He knows what's going on in your life. And he hasn't left you. He wants you to understand. He wants to reassure us that he knows what we're going through. And he's going to deliver us by his mighty hand. We have to stand on his promise saints. That's what it is, is to hope in the Lord. To believe in him, to trust in him. Amen. In verse 17, he says, And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites, and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites to a land flowing with milk and honey. This is our hope. And this is our future that God is bringing us out. He's bringing us out from the world. He's already done it, saints. He's already done it. We're, not in, we're in this world, but we're not of the world. We don't practice the things of this world. Hallelujah. This is eighteen, uh, verse eighteen. Then they will heed your voice, and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, "The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, and now please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God." And I believe here when I was reading this, the Lord was saying, "There's those the leaders." Those that are in authority over us. God appointed you to stand for justice and righteousness, to return to the Lord, to turn from your wicked ways and serve the living God. He says in his word in 2 Chronicles 20 20, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. You see, there's a lot of politicians that say that they're believers, that they pray. But he says, if my people will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. This land needs healing. This land needs healing. It's time for the leadership to repent to God, to ask Him to forgive them and to turn from their wicked ways and come and serve the living God, to stand for justice and righteousness. Hallelujah. Let's see, where was I? In verse 19, it says, but I'm sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not even by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. You see, God is telling us now to stand up. You know, the protests, I mean, they just cause turmoil and trouble. It's time for God's people to to humble themselves, and that's get down on our knees or lay prostrate before the Lord and intercede for these cities, for the nations, for the people. It's time to get down on our knees. That's where we're going to have effectual, uh, uh, we're going to see a difference in this land. It's time, saints, to get down on our face and humble ourselves prostrate and seek his face and ask him to forgive us. And to heal our land. God has a plan for, you, not for America. He hasn't given up on us. And we're not to give up on God. I'm going to turn to the book of Psalms 91. 91. And this, this, prayer, this book, I love this psalm, and I know I've repeated it many times, but it's a prayer of protection. And I'm going to start with verse 1. I'm just going to read the whole thing. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, do we dwell in the secret place of Almighty? Are we seated there? Are we, are we seeking his face? Are we getting down on our knees and, and, and seeking him? Are we coming in agreement with his words? Because that's what it means, abide. It means to come in agreement with. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him I will trust. Here is a confession of faith. What are we speaking out of our mouths? Here, right here, this says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, He is my fortress, my God, and Him I will trust. You see, that's what the Word of God says in Revelation twelve, eleven. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So what is it that we're saying? What is it that's coming out of our mouth or your mouth? In verse three, it says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Isn't that awesome that God defends you? He fights for you. He sees the oppression of the enemy, and he's come to deliver you. He's come to deliver you from Egypt, from the world. He says, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Hallelujah. He covers us with his feathers. He's covered us with his righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and his promises are for us. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. It sounds like what's happening today, all the stuff that's going on. The lawlessness, the destruction, the fighting, the shooting, the riots, the fires, the the storms. He says, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. This isn't coming from Pastor Fred. This is coming from thus saith the Lord. And he's speaking to you right now. It will not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. We dwell in Christ. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ. No evil shall befall you. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. I love that because that means that COVID virus has no right. You need to start declaring with your mouth God's word. No evil shall befall you, nor any plague shall come near your dwelling. That's your body, your temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. God has assigned, God has set on assignment angels to protect us. It started, it's our time, it, now it's time to call those angels to come forth. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Wow, the enemy is under our feet. Luke 10:19 says behold I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. Verse 14 Because he set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. How many of us love Jesus? I love him, Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's my defender, my protector, my provider, my peace. He's everything to me. He's the I am. He's all I need. (laughs) He says, I will set him on high because he's known my name. You see, we're seated in Christ Jesus far above all principality, power, spiritual wickedness, and high places and the rulers of darkness of this age, we're seated in Christ. Hallelujah. In verse 15, he says, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And I love that he says, He shall call upon me. It's time to start calling upon the name of Jesus. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. You see, you're not going to sink. The waves, the storms, these torrents, they're not going to come over you. They're not going to take you down. Because Jesus has already extended his hand to you. It's time to just reach out and grab his hand. I will be with him in trouble... I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You see, God has come to lift us up to be with Him forever. That was His plan from the beginning; was to be with Him forever. He's a great and mighty God, and I, right now there's there's. There's somebody there that's contemplating abortion. And they're telling you many things. They're trying to bring fear on you. You're concerned about your parents being upset with you and not accepting you or casting you out. And God is saying that I will be with you, that I will uphold you and I will be your strength and I will be your provider and I will be your comforter. God is saying, don't do it. Don't listen to those voices because the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, he's a God of life. And that child in your womb is a life. And it's very precious to God. And God loves you. God loves you so much. He's concerned about you. He loves you. And God wants us to start casting all our cares upon him. There's so many things. The Lord is saying is not to listen to the voices of darkness but he is the voice of light and life. And he says to come investigate, to seek him, to come and know him personally. I just thank, I just thank God for, for he, for what he's done for me and my life. I have beautiful grandchildren and God is blessing them. And I, and I rejoice when I see them come over and they're eating dinner and all that. I, I, I smile because my God is an awesome God. And he provides for them. Amen. It's time, saints, to start declaring God's word. In Hebrews 4.12, he says, for the word of God is living. (laughs) That word is alive. His word is not dead. When his word goes forth, it performs what he said it's going to do. That means there's life. He's active. He's powerful. He's moving. He's moving on your behalf, on my behalf. He says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That's it. Well, our military, which is a mighty military, is no comparison to the word of God. It's a mighty weapon when, when it's used right. He says, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints of marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, God's word can change our leadership. We need to start praying for our leadership, getting on our face, humbling our face before God and seeking him. God's word can change the situation the riots in your towns, in your cities, in your states. He can change the hearts of our leadership. He can change their hard hearts, their unbelieving hearts. God, who, who can change the course of a river, he can change a man's heart. We can't give up on God because he hasn't given up on you. Amen? Amen. I just, uh, just want to thank God, and I just want to pray a blessing over you right now. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word is life. I thank you, Lord, that you, you see the affliction of your people and that you are delivering them even now from all their affliction of this world. And I declare in the name of Jesus they are being set free, that the chains of bondage is being broken over their lives now. In Jesus' name. And I speak peace into their minds, those tormenting spirits. I bind you and I cast you back to the very pit of hell. In Jesus' name. And I release the shalom of God, the glory of God. I release it unto you now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I bless you. I pray that you would prosper and be in good health just as your souls prosper. And I declare this in the name that's above every name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Hallelujah.